0: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Mark with chapter 14, verses 22 through 26. This is where Jesus instituted what we often refer to as communion. Pastor Jim is usually more considerate in allowing me some time for a brief introduction. But this week, due to the length of the material that we have to cover, we're going to go directly into today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Lord's Supper.
1: With the arrival of Jesus, you have now... The nation of Israel being set aside. Israel was the center of of all of that stuff before this. All the revelation came through Israel. It was through Israel that the Messiah was to come, exactly as spelled out in the Old Testament. But now Israel is set aside, and the main group that God is working with today—the group through which He he is working—is the Church, and it's not Israel. It includes all um, genetic Israelites and all Gentiles, all Jews and Gentiles, who share in common that they're trusting in the finished work of Christ for, for salvation. Jew and Gentile together, unknown in the Old Testament, but now together united in one body, the church. That's the era in which we live. Now there's going to be another huge change, there will come a day when the church will be taken from the earth in the rapture, all believers snatched away at one moment. That's going to be followed by the 70th week of Daniel, or seven tumultuous years that we call the tribulation that lead up to the second coming. Remember back to, all the way back to the chapter before this? We looked at that in the Olivet Discourse. Then comes another big change to another new era. The second coming of Christ brings the next to last big change. He sets up his kingdom on earth for a thousand years. At the end of that thousand years, there's a final judgment at what is called the great white throne. Which is recorded in Revelation chapter 20. And then the final big change is when the heavens and the earth as we know them are all destroyed, and the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem are unveiled where all the redeemed will be with the Lord for eternity. The last two chapters of your Bible. You got two really good chapters on the front, you got two really nice chapters on the end. What a mess in between. In all the rest of it. That's where we live. This is the unfolding plan of redemption through which God will get himself glory. Now, in that seamless continuity of God's revelation, there are these points of significant change. So that's why I say pay attention to continuity and discontinuity. They're both very real factors that you have to understand. You can't take something, for example, from the era of the kingdom and read it back into um, the the time of Israel in the wilderness. They, they They don't fit. They're not addressing the same thing. But at every change point, you need to understand continuity doesn't stop. Always there are things carried over from one era into the next. God's nature never changes. So, God's morality never changes. What is right or wrong never changes from one era into another. Uh, Never is anyone saved by the works of the law. Salvation is by grace through faith. The method of salvation never changes. Now, was it regulated differently expressed differently in uh, the time before the law and after the law yes is it expressed differently now in this uh, era of the church yes but god never changes and so there's always things that are that are carried over but there are always things left behind there are always things nullified and there are always new things revealed at all of those points of change. Now, here's something else I want you to get in. Believe it or not, I haven't forgotten. We're in Mark 14, and we're going to get to those verses, and you're going to like it when we do. It's also important to realize that these changes, I called them change points, these changes from era to era are not, (coughs) excuse me, are not Always immediate. Some of them are, but most of them involve a period of transition. The first change was abrupt and dramatic. Adam and Eve got up one morning in the garden, and by nightfall, they were expelled. That was a quickie, all right? But the change from before the flood to after the flood... How long did that take? Well, they were on the ark for over a year. How much led up to that? A hundred and twenty years of Noah as a preacher of righteous, a preacher of righteousness, building the ark and and obviously giving a message of righteousness, even though it was rejected by all but him and his family. So that was a, a long, slow change. The era from the, the era to the law of Moses took a couple of months. The, the Passover, the last night in Egypt, to, uh, and the, the seven day feast of unleavened bread that followed it, from there until Israel got to Mount Sinai was a couple of months. And then remember, Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days. Aaron and the ones down below didn't do so hot during those 40 days. But that was an era, a time of transition from one important era to another. You can argue that the 33 years of the life of Jesus, the whole thing, in a sense, was a period of transition. He came to Israel, right? He came to his own things that he created and his own people rejected him that that playing out of him offering them the kingdom and them rejecting it that's a huge deal and it leads to the, the revelation that Israel's going to be set aside Jesus was constantly talking of the fulfillment of the law he he was constantly exposing how the leaders of the Jews at that time had had corrupted God's wonderful law into a works righteousness system. Well, he was inviting them, inviting them, inviting them, but they were rejecting, rejecting, rejecting. Well, there was a spectacular, dramatic point of change when the day after our text for today, remember the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom while Jesus was on the cross? That was a big deal. Only the high priest could go behind that veil, only once a year, only after a very prescribed series of sacrifices. And now it's as if saying, anybody can come. Or as Jesus put it, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. But even at that, there was another 40 days of transition and waiting. And then Jesus met with the disciples. Then came a big change when he ascended to the Father, but they still had to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon believers on the day of Pentecost. But the change still wasn't complete. It took some time for all of those trappings of the old covenant to be done away with, and for the new covenant to really be fully Established. Oh, and yet, you know what? It's not fully established yet because Israel hasn't put themselves under the new covenant yet. Well, the book of Acts records a, a span of about 40 years of the infancy of this new era of Jew and Gentile united in Christ by faith. Something unheard of before that. But this, this new thing was beginning while the old thing was still languishing. The book of Hebrews is the theological parallel to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the historical record of the transition. The book of Hebrews is the theological record of the transition from Old Covenant to New Covenant. Think of it like a a relay race at a track meet. As one runner nears the end of his leg of the race, the next one starts running. And within a certain Designated distance, the baton is passed. Momentarily, both of them are touching the baton. But the first runner comes to a stop while the next one goes all out to finish his leg of the race. The baton shows the continuity. The runners illustrate the discontinuity. Now, unlike when I ran relay races, God never drops the baton. Right? The continuity is intact, but different parts for different eras. Now, in A.D. 70, when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, that was a strong exclamation point on the end of the Old, of, of the old Covenant. Jesus said, it's going to be taken from you. Paul explained how that is going to be for a time until the the, the fullness of the Gentiles has, has come in. But Israel is set aside and the church is now sprinting through the era in which we live. The next change is going to be a spectacular one and a very quick one. I know exactly how long it's going to take. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the church is going to be removed from the earth. We saw what comes after that in Mark 13, the Olivet Discourse. Now, these different eras in the redemptive plan of God are usually called dispensations.
0: If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.